Welcome to the Cinema Rat, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent, narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here, we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. They've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Rag. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to continue the series of The Emperor Has No Clothes, in this case, The Empress, and talk about Jennifer Lopez, J-Lo. Now, some of you are not going to take this well because you love Jennifer Lopez for a variety of reasons. Maybe you project qualities onto her that you wish you had. Maybe she's emblematic of your upbringing or your race. I don't know. And others others of you are going to be like, obviously, she has no talent. So I think on some levels, out of the three that we've done, Pete Davidson and Rebel Wilson, this one maybe is the most controversial. I don't know. But let me just postulate my theories as to why she's overrated. And of course, we will spend ample amount of time talking about her personal life. Now, Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lopez, I remember from Selena uh, as a Mexican-American that movie was pretty seminal. It only came out a few years after Selena, the, the Tejano singer, was murdered by her crazed. Uh, he, she was the the head of her fundraising. Then you then she confronted her in a in a in a motel. And Jennifer Lopez, I'm sorry, Selena, sorry, Selena figured out that she was embezzling money, and the lady was just crazy. And when she was walking away to, because she was going to, you know, reveal to everybody what she did, she shot her in the back. So it's very sad. So Jennifer Lopez at that time was was not that well known of an actress. She had been in Living Color as one of the Fly Girls, and she had done some acting. But but Selena for sure was a big breakout role for her. And then in the late '90s, you saw her do movies like U Turn, where she's a son. She's just a sex pot. And then she broke big bigger with Soderbergh's Out of Sight. I will say in that movie, she and Clooney do have great chemistry, and that is one of my favorite Soderbergh movies. I talk about with May on the Brad Pitt filmography, how I am a big fan of the Oceans movies, especially 11 and 12. And he is a very prodigious director. He does quite a bit. And I don't I don't dislike him as much as, let's say, somebody like Wes Anderson or somebody like that. But I do think that this movie is great. It's one of the, the great Soderbergh movies. And uh, they have a lot of chemistry. And then from there, in the 2000s, you see her do a lot of the rom-coms, namely like The Wedding Planner, and she does the the Maid of Manhattan and so forth. And then from there, she's kind of an A-lister. Now, coinciding with this, we have the... Coinciding with this was her music career, which really got big about 20, 22 years ago, where she had her her songs. And, and there was a time, I think when The Wedding Planner came out, she was the first person in history, had a number one movie and a number one album at the same time. And so she has had this music career, obviously, that's kind of coexisted with her movie career for the early parts of the knots. Now, Jennifer Lopez, look, uh, let me give credit to credits due, first of all. As a Hispanic, it's good to see Hispanics succeed. Uh, growing up, we didn't really have a lot of Hispanic movie stars. And then you start seeing in the 90s and then early not, uh, things have changed. So you have, and these are mostly going to be Cubans, Puerto Ricans or New York Ricans like J-Lo, but we did start having the Estefans and Andy Garcia 
and Jennifer Lopez, Ricky Martin from Puerto Rico. So it was great to see that. And then later Salma Hayek, or around, I guess it'd be contemporaneous to this time. Salma Hayek is finally getting some traction as a, as a Mexican-American. And I did like Salma Hayek growing up because as a Mexican-American, she was a Mexican actress. So it was great to see this. So I want to give credit to credits too, because Jennifer Lopez, I think, was a role model or is a role model for a lot of Hispanics uh, in terms of success stories. She came from humble origins from New York. And to, to parlay what talent she had into being one of the most famous people in the world, kudos to her. I want to give credit for that. Now, that being said, Jennifer Lopez has no talent. Let's focus first on the music. The music is horrible. It's auto-tune. Look, I'm, I'm not saying it's music. It's horrible because I'm some 40-something-year-old dude who doesn't like pop music. I was in my 20s when she led Love Don't Cost a Thing, which if you listen to the refrain, sounds like she's saying Love Doesn't Constipate. But all of her songs are not good. They're not good. And they're very auto-tuned. Very auto-tuned. She can't really sing that well. And most of her hits were in the early 2000s. She had that song, Marry Me, that came out from that Owen Wilson movie that she did, which is pretty dreadful. So she still does songs here and there. But as a whole, I don't think she has a lot of singing talent. And you can see it based on the auto-tuning. And also, too, look, she's not like a prolific singer-songwriter. She's not writing her own music. So she's kind of like no different than Britney, even though though Britney did write some songs. But she's just given material, and then she goes into a studio and (laughs) sings it, and it's super auto-tuned. And I get it. I get why she did it, because you want to, you want to, she probably always had a dream to be a, a rock star or a pop star in addition to the, the movie career. So you want to parlay whatever success you're having in the late 90s into having a, a music career. And she's done that. I mean, she has been successful in that regard and that she has sold close to 80 million records in her lifetime. So she has been very successful and made a lot of money from doing that. She also, of course, married Mark Anthony, who was very successful as well in his music career. So just because you make money from a movie, like we, we or from singing or from any endeavor, doesn't mean you're necessarily talented in it. We've talked about in the Overrated Actors Part 2 about The Rock. The Rock doesn't really have any acting talent, but he opens movies. There's a lot of people who turn out to The Rock. So just because you can make money doesn't mean you have talent. Now, in terms of her acting, the thing about J-Lo is that J-Lo has no range. It's very hard for her to get rid of her accent. So she has a New York accent. And if you listen to any of the movies that she's in, it's very hard for her to get rid of it at all. At all. And it's not like Jennifer Lopez can do a period movie. I know that's always like the, the go-to that I have. But can we put J-Lo in a Jane Austen movie? Of course not. We can't put J-Lo in anything aside from J-Lo being uh, a Hispanic or as she's portrayed in the wedding planner as Italian because heaven forbid we have a Puerto Rican successful wedding planner or a Mexican successful wedding planner, Hispanic. So they have to make her Italian in there. But she just simply doesn't have a lot of range. She has no range. And you see this played out, Monster-in-Law and all the other kind of movies that she's she's done in the past just simply doesn't demonstrate any range. So let's just go through her filmography aside from the aforementioned movies. So she does The Cell, which is that kind of horror, weird, strange movie where she, eh, she's average, I guess. Wedding Planner was successful because this is peak McConaughey. This is McConaughey coming off of Out of Sight and he's entering the big rom-com. 
phase of his life, which is, you know, a fine movie. It did, a, it did well, but, you know, nothing really going on that's successful. Then she does enough where she plays the battered wife. Again, just sassy Hispanic who's getting beat. I love her name in this movie is Slim Hiller. That's her name, Slim Hiller. Then she follows that up with Made in Manhattan, which we've talked about. With I mean, God, Ray Fiennes doing and Ray Fiennes is a gifted actor. But him doing a rom-com, even when he was younger, is just kind of laughable. Then she does Geely with Affleck, which we'll talk about in a second. That was a complete bomb. A complete bomb. Jersey Girl, she has a cameo. Complete bomb. But that's more on Kevin Smith and, and Ben Affleck. Then she does Shall We Dance, which is a moderate success. Monster in Law was a pretty big hit. But if you look at Monster in Law, that's more about Jane Fonda and that's more about uh, kind of her chemistry, Jane Fonda, and, and the chemistry that J-Lo has with um, the, the, the black comedian who's in that, whose name is escaping me. And, you know, it's funny because Michael Vartan, who plays the, the love interest, got, like, has absolutely no chemistry at all. I mean, he's a duh. They totally miscasted him. But I think he was coming off of Alias fame. But Wanda Sykes. So Wanda Sykes is good in that movie. And, look, it's not to say that J-Lo doesn't have any comedic skills at all. But for the amount of money she's made in her life and the amount of chances that she's had in her life, it just doesn't equal the amount of talent that she has in general. And really after Monster-in-Law, she just started going through her fallow period where she doesn't have a lot of success. She's doing like El Cantante with her husband, Mark Anthony, Border Town, uh, doesn't do well. She does do television here and there, like she's doing How I Met Your Mother and she did Will and Grace. But certainly in the late 2000s, her movie career is is really drying up. And she doesn't really have a lot of success for a good, oh, I don't know, 15 years. And I mean, you could argue she doesn't really, aside from some voice work in, in, in cartoons like Ants and Ice Age, um, she doesn't really do much at all. And then she has the movie Second Act, which is, I guess, somewhat successful. I, I don't know. And then she comes out with Hustlers. Now, I have very strong take on Hustlers. So Hustlers... Uh, is probably the last movie where she got a lot of kind of publicity. I've already talked about Marry Me, and then she did Shotgun Wedding. And Shotgun Wedding is interesting because that came out last year. And again, nobody wants to see that at all. And the ratings were dreadful for it. But Shotgun Wedding was originally supposed to be not Josh DeShemmel as the lead, but it was supposed to be Army Hammer. But when the Army Hammer controversy came out, uh, they shelved him pretty fast. But let me go back to Hustlers. So when Hustlers came out in 2019, most of you guys are familiar with that movie. That's a movie about about strippers who are essentially doing nefarious things to men and justifying it because they can justify it. That movie has Cardi B in it. It's got Kiki Palmer. It's got Constance Wu. And so this movie was made me laugh because people were like, oh my God, J-Lo needs to get Academy Award for this. And it's like totally the emperor has no clothes. So I heard about kind of the, the publicity, oh, Oscar, Oscar bait, Oscar bait. Then I watch it because it's streaming because I'm not going to spend money. I've mentioned I've only seen like five movies in theatrical release in seven years. And if you take away the kids' movies and it's like one maybe in the last seven years in theatrical release. So then I watch it and I'm like, J-Lo is doing J-Lo. J-Lo has one gear. And what is that? Sassy, defiant, strong Hispanic. That's that's her one gear. 
Okay. Why would she deserve an Academy Award for doing the role that she always does? If she's pulling some French accent and doing Madame Bovary and she does a good job with it, all right, sign me up. I'm on the J-Lo bandwagon for an Oscar nomination. But oh no, she deserves it. You watch it. She's just playing herself. And this is leads to the kind of like the diversity of the, of the Academy Award, which we've seen the last four years. How we, we don't look at it as a meritocracy anymore. It's just, well, we got to check off. We need a black nominee. We need a Hispanic nominee. We need less white nominees. You know, it's just like, what? No, Jennifer Lopez doesn't deserve an Academy Award for that in any way, stretch, or form. Now, J-Lo, before we talk about her personal life, I just don't think she has talent. Look, I, I admire her hustle because she's been working and even if her movies haven't been hitting because she's been singing, she's been doing concerts, she hustles. And I think that's great. And she is a great role model on one level for Hispanic girls. I think on another role, on another level, she's a horrible role model because let's be real. I mean, she uses her body and she sexualizes her body to get roles. And she definitely plays it up in her music videos, especially early on. So it kind of reminds me like in Mean Girls where you meet Regina George's sister and she's singing to the milkshake song and it's just it's just kind of like this thing and that's what jayla is like she's not necessarily a good role model in regards to that but let's be fair the large majority of singers are not a good role model in regards to that because they're all hooching out and i mean cardi b miley cyrus and so forth now does she have talent i think she has some comedic talent and she has some dramatic talent but i think large as a whole for the stature of her name the stature that she has in the world, I think largely she is talentless. She has essentially one gear in acting and her her singing voice is dreadful and it's auto-tuned. Now, let's look at her, her personal life. Personal life is just shambles. I mean, she's a triple-time, triple-divorcee uh, woman. Now, I, I find her dating life to be fascinating, especially from like a, a male red pill perspective. So she has a very early marriage before she's famous to Noah Johnny, some some essentially a cipher, nobody. And then she gets big and she uh, starts to date Puff Daddy, P. Diddy, whatever you want to call him, Sean Combs, back in the late 90s when she's kind of in her out of sight period. Then they break up, uh, partly maybe because of the shooting that was involved that he was implicated in and she was implicated in, but mostly he was implicated in. Then you see her go from from like, it's always like good guy to bad guy, good guy to bad guy. So she goes from bad guy P. Diddy to Chris Judd. So Chris Judd she met when she was doing the video for Love Don't Constipate. And uh, he was a backup dancer. And this isn't the first time because later on she likes the uh, the people in her little circle. Kind of like Madonna. You saw Madonna do the same thing. So she marries Chris Judd. So second marriage. It lasts nine months. Then after Chris Judd, she's with the first iteration of Benifer. She meets Ben Affleck. And, you know, from all accounts, this is a torrid romance. They really play it up in, in her music videos where he's actually in her music videos slapping her butt and so forth. And it was going to be a serious relationship. And it's still kind of vague as to who ended it with who. It seems like at the time, now, now, now that they're together, it, it's really hard to know, but when you hear them talk about it, it's kind of vague as to why it ended. Certainly, there's going to be a lot of celebrity news about it. This is like peak Us Weekly, along with Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, Jennifer Aniston, divorce. So there was tons of coverage on the relationship. And look, they played it up. And May and I are going to talk about this on the episode we do, Affleck versus Damon, whose career, whose life would you rather have? 
that those two did a, a complete divergence and that Affleck likes to be in the media attention. Affleck likes the attention. So they were definitely in the paparazzi's eye. They liked it and so forth, but it, it doesn't work out. So that's two engagements that don't work out, P. Diddy and Affleck. Then both of them rebound. So J-Lo knew Mark Anthony, obviously, from, from the music scene down there in Miami and so forth. So she marries him, very fast romance. And then Affleck marries Jennifer Garner, very fast courtship. And in retrospect, you can totally see that these were rebounds because both of these relationships didn't work. So Affleck marries for the first time after betting people like Gwyneth Paltrow. And we'll talk about in the episode with Affleck versus Damon, uh, the relationship that he had with with uh, Jennifer Garner, which I think overall Garner was a good wife for him, but he's had his demons. So J-Lo is with Mark Anthony. They have a couple of kids. Then that doesn't work out because I think it would be hard to be married to Jennifer Lopez. I just think of the SNL skit Chris Catan used to do with Mango. There's a classic skit where Mango and, and J-Lo, they both fight because they're both divas. And then eventually she starts dating Casper Smart, who's a backup dancer. And then she's with Alex Rodriguez, one of the probably top three most famous baseball players of the last 20 years. And they date a long time, and, and he is actually younger than her. And again, it was in the in the media, paparazzi, big deal. Then that relationship doesn't work. And then eventually after Garner, Affleck don't work, and, and he's with Lindsay Shookus and Anna DeArmas, he goes back to Jennifer Lopez. And look, I get it. Some people see this relationship as like a true romance. They they realize they were true partners with each other, or two halves of the same locket 20 years ago, and then they let it go for whatever reason. Now they find each other, and they're going to be blissfully happy forever. I think you're just deluded if you think this marriage is going to last. Absolutely deluded. Neither of these people are capable of maintaining a marriage. And they're both fools for marrying each other because neither of them can do it. Affleck's got the demons, and J-Lo is J-Lo. J-Lo had a manager, Medina. I think Benny Medina was his first name. And he came out. This is like 20 years ago. They had a falling out. So, so Medina came out and said, oh, J-Lo's into witchcraft. She's into Santeria. She's into voodoo. She's all these things, da 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 And then after they had a rapprochement, he was like, oh, I don't know what I was talking about. So I don't... I just imagine... J-Lo's kind of like in the same ilk of, of Mariah Carey. I think that they are hard to live with. They are hard to live with. And I think J-Lo has a lot of narcissism. And as she ages, and look, she looks great for being in her low 50s, but every woman is eventually going to age and uh, you know, enter the invisible years, as they say. I, I, I think her divaness is going to increase. And I, I just don't see that marriage lasting. I think it's, it's going to be... A, a complete disaster. But either way, look, Jennifer Lopez is always going to have a place. She's always going to have a place in the pop culture as she ages. Hopefully she won't make the mistakes that Madonna has. Just look at Madonna's pictures on Instagram. And she's just trying to pretend that she's, you know, this is still 1993 from her sex book. Hopefully she won't make those mistakes. Jennifer Lopez will always have a place on the stage. She will always be able to tour pretty well, especially in Latin America, because she is an icon in the Latin American world. And, and I think she should be because she has busted her butt with the limited talent that she has to sell 80 million records and have at one point a very successful, successful movie career. 
So I think she's always going to be around. She'll probably always have a place on television. I just hope as she ages, her music, she just kind of does the Streisand tour where let's just, as I'm you know, 62 years old, I'm not dressing hoochie anymore, and just do ballads and, and just age gracefully and be a professional kind of singer and not not go go the way of Madonna instead of go the way of more Barbara Streisand. And, and in closing, look, Jennifer Lopez, limited talent. But unlike Rebel Wilson and Pete Davidson, I think she's done a lot with the limited talent. And I think some of it is just that when she was younger, she was strikingly beautiful and she was considered a sex icon with the booty and all these things. Whereas Rebel Wilson and Pete Davidson, I don't think would ever be considered either of those things. So Jennifer Lopez used her beauty uh, and her limited talent to have a gigantic empire and, and to be worth millions of dollars. So for that, I give her a lot of credit and a lot of talent. But in terms of her acting talent and her music talent, it's severely limited. Guys, I'll post a poll over at the Cinema Rack Facebook page. If you agree or disagree, go visit that. Until next time, take care. God bless. I pray. Thanks for listening to the Cinema Rag. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the rag today. Until next time.